Hello and welcome to Grace Life Duras. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Morning. If uh, I say something that you don't like, it's Vitrina's fault. <laughs> so, I want to start off. I think Alicia answered the question already, but why do we celebrate Christmas? And uh, uh, we're going to have a big turn in the message just now. But we're celebrating uh, the incarnate. Uh-huh. You didn't look at your notes. Look here. <laughs> that's how you translate it. With that's what ah, we're celebrating. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> so, you know, we take it, we're celebrating the fact that God took on flesh. He became a man. In order to save us, in order to rescue us. And so, John chapter 1 verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So I don't know how the um, Albanian translates it, but <coughs> when it says only begotten, it's not speaking about birth as in natural birth, but it's speaking about a uniqueness. Okay, so uh, 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 the unique Son of God. And then it says uh, 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 the Word became flesh. The Word made there is talking about an act of one's own will. So it's saying that God decided to become flesh. No one created him or made him. He decided to become flesh. There's an English translation, the voice, which puts it like this. God took on flesh and became human and chose to live alongside us. So that's basically what we're celebrating at Christmas and obviously the reason why. We're not just celebrating uh, 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 Jesus like this at Christmas. But Jesus is always the message of the Bible. Okay, John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that everyone who believes in Him shouldn't perish but have eternal life. And so because God took on flesh, 
we are rescued from perishing and we can have eternal life. And so the gift that we receive at Christmas is eternal life. And that is the Spirit of God living in us forever. Okay, so let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. To Timothy 3.15. And that from a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So Paul is writing to Timothy and he's saying you've known the Holy Scriptures from when you were young. Now what Holy Scriptures is he talking about? Because Paul didn't have a New Testament Bible. So he wasn't talking about the New Testament. He, he was specifically referring to Genesis to Malachi. And so what Paul is saying here is that the Old Testament's message is salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. What's important for us to see there is you can take the Bible and teach many things. But unless we're using the Bible for the purpose it was written, which is the message of uh, a salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, it cannot benefit anyone. With what, what the way that God intended the word to benefit us. So, the scriptures benefit us when they're taught in view of Christ. Christ as in the Messiah who came and, and died and rose from the dead for us. <clears throat> so Genesis to Malachi, the Jews have that. But it doesn't benefit them. Why doesn't it benefit them? Because they don't read it in view of Christ. Romans chapter 10. I have to mention this. 10 verse 1, it says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer for, to God for Israel is that they may be saved. <clears throat> so Paul is writing there as a former Jew and, and he's saying that Israel, the Jews, have the scriptures, <coughs> but because they don't read it in view of Jesus, <coughs> it, it doesn't benefit them. And what is the benefit of scriptures? Salvation. And so they don't have salvation. Okay. Then 1 John chapter 5 verse 20 I've got a couple of verses I want to get to and then we're going to uh, talk about something. 1 John 5 verse 20. It says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding 
that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. For So this is saying Jesus is the true God and eternal life. The real life. So, so there is no other true God and there is no other way to have eternal life. So the scriptures must be taught in light of this. In order for anyone to benefit from it in terms of salvation. So we're talking about the gospel, the good news. And this is what we're celebrating at Christmas. This is what, uh, what the angels said to the shepherds. They were announcing the good news. Okay, and in its completeness, the good news is what Jesus has done for us. Not in his birth, but in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And so I like Christmas. I think we have uh, maybe 10 different uh, nativity sets at home. Because every time we go to a new country, we, we want to get a local uh, a nativity. And, and so we look for them and we like them and all of that. But this was so that he could die and be raised from the dead. So the, the gospel is a message that we need to be persuaded of or convicted of. And when we're persuaded of this message of his death, his burial and his resurrection, it causes a, a, a reset or a change in our minds. <laughs> it, 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 it gives us a change of information. The, this is what the Bible calls repentance. Now you, you're faced with new information. You accept that new information. You have a change of mind. And the change of mind will lead to a change of action. So repentance is about changing your mind. Changing our mind about God and the, 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 the gospel. Moving from what we've believed to truth. And when we move from what uh, what we used to believe and we embrace truth, what happens is we grow spiritually. John chapter 3 verse 36. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. And he that believes not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. 
kurse kush nuk i binte t'birit, nuk të shojë për zemërimi për endis që ndronë bita. So, someone who doesn't believe on Jesus, specifically in his death, burial and resurrection, will not see life, will experience punishment, the results of not believing. John chapter 5 verse 24. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, Now I've lost my place. Truly, truly, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. This is a verse I usually say at funerals. One of the verses. The emphasis, the emphasis is, is believe. He that believes will not come into condemnation. He that believes won't come to judgment. We've passed from death and we've come into life. So the believer in Christ has come out of death and has come into life. John chapter 6 verse 47. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. So this is saying that the moment you believe, you have eternal life. As a believer, eternal life isn't something you get one day. It's something that you have now and you have for eternity. John chapter 11 verse 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, even though he is, were dead, yet shall he live. <clears throat> so when we believe in Jesus, even though we die, we live. There's, there's no death for the believer. 1 John 5 verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loves him that begat uh, loveth him also that is begotten of him. 1 John 5 verse 1. So when we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the one that came to redeem or save us, that means we believe in His death, His burial and His resurrection, then we're, then we're born of God, then we're children of God. 1 John 5 verse 4, so down a few verses, it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. 
So when we believe we're born of God He comes to dwell in us forever and now this is we've overcome the world. This is that victory for the believer is always continual. It's forever. So with all of that in mind, what is the most important question that a believer must answer in their lifetime? Think about that for a moment. If you're a Christian, what is the what is the most important question that you need to be able to answer? <clears throat> Let's look at 1 Peter 3:15. 1 Peter 3:15. It wasn't in your notes. <laughs> I'm going to read it in the Amplified version. It says, But in your heart set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge Him as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you, but do it courteously and respectfully. You can read it from here. No, it's okay. It's I'll put very it, good put it in Is it? Okay. Yes. So as believers, we have to be able to answer the question, why do you believe? Why the Bible? Why Jesus? Especially at, a Christ, at Christmas time. Because at Christmas time, the question should come up. Or we, sh we should be able to create spiritual conversations with people like this. So why do you believe what you believe? I found that, that too many Christians answer the question in an illogical way, in a way that doesn't make sense. And according to this verse, it, we have to give a logical defense. So, so, so can you give a logical defense for why you're a Christian? Because a lot of people will say things like, I just believe. It's not good enough. A lot of people might say, I grew up as a Christian and I've always just had a relationship with God. It's not, it's not good enough. Some Christians would say, I know that Jesus is alive because I spoke to Him this morning. And some uh, 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 people would want to lock you up for that. Because you seem crazy. To an unbeliever you would seem crazy. What's a massive problem? The devil's in the world. Okay, well that's that's not 100% in view of this, so we can get to that at the end, definitely. So bring it up again. Uh, um, but I mean, the, the, the point is, is a lot of people 
ask the question, why do you believe? And the problem comes in is that we don't have a proper answer. So, so like the fact that I have a relationship with God isn't good enough. Okay, and there is better evidence than that. Okay, so we can we can get to that question just now. But let me just ask a couple other questions. As a Christian, uh, uh, how do you know that you will, when you die, you'll be with the Lord? How do you know that you'll, when you die, you'll be with the Lord? As a Christian. As anybody. As As a Christian, you know that you'll be with the Lord because the Bible says so. It has everything to do with Christians. Okay, well, let's get there. We can get to that question too. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you don't believe in Jesus, you don't have eternal life. So if you look at it, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 to 8, says, so we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are confident. Well, pleased rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So the Bible is saying that when you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord. Absent from your body, when you leave your body. Mm. But this is what the Bible is telling us. And when you know, when you're ministering to people, when you're sharing the gospel with people, <coughs> you can't just use the Bible. You can, but and you should, but you also there needs to be a little bit more. I believe the Bible because it's a reliable collection of historical documents. It's written by eyewitnesses. And during their lifetime, there were other eyewitnesses to verify what they had written. They wrote down supernatural events that they saw. And uh, they, they showed the fulfillment of prophecies that were hundreds of years old. So the origin of the Bible, it has to be inspired by God. It can't just be some clever book that people wrote. So look, let's look at what Peter wrote. It says in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 16 to 19. 1 verse 16 to 19. For we did did not follow follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God the Father honor and glory, when such a voice came from the, uh, from the excellent glory, saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, read uh, 16 and 17. Sepse nuk jo bëm të njërë kuqin dhe ardhin e Zotit ton Jezu Krisht, duke shkuar pas përallave të sajuara me mjeshtri, por sepse jemi dëshmitarë kular të mamështis e ti, sepse a i morin nderë dhe lavdi nga përëndia atë, ku i erdi kyzën nga lavdia madhërishme. Kjo është bjerë jemi dashur me të cilin jam i knashur. And verse 18 says, and we heard this voice, which came from heaven, që vinte nga qieli, when we were with them on the holy mountain. So they're saying they are eyewitnesses. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in the darkness. So Peter's really responding to questions about the authority of Scripture. And there he's saying we witnessed the fulfillment of scripture. We, we saw the fulfillment of prophecy. We heard the voice. We were there when supernatural things happened. And you might say, but you can't use the Bible to prove the Bible. But the Bible is an historically accurate document. Sorry. It's accurate and it's been proven not just in, in, in the... Um, uh, uh, in, in the, the spiritual sense, but in an historical sense. There you go. One, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 to 22. 2 Peter 1, verse 20 to 22 says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of every any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So he says, knowing this first, no prophecy of the scripture and he's saying that this prophecy didn't just come by the will of man but, but holy men of God spoke it inspired by the Holy Spirit and he's saying this is what we've seen the fulfillment of. So the Bible was written on three different continents. Asia, Africa, Europe. It was written by 40 different authors. It's a, it was written by historians, journalists, uh, by kings, business people, fishermen, and it's made up of 66 different books over a period of 1,500 years. 
And so you can kind of see that with that in mind, it's miraculous that there's one message. From beginning to end, Jesus is the message of the Bible. Salvation through faith in the Messiah is the message. Why do we have the four Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. The Bible tells us. John chap- uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 1 to 4. It says, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that uh, you might know the certainty of those things which you were instructed. So Luke is like a journalist. He's getting facts from eyewitnesses. His goal in writing Luke and Acts was to preserve history. To make sure that there was an account. So John's Gospel John's Gospel was uh, evangelism. He was trying to convince people to believe on the, the, the Son of God. And that, that when you believe, you have life. Okay? Mark's Gospel is the shortest and he just presents the facts of Jesus' life. Matthew's Gospel was demonstrating that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. He gives genealogies. The father, the, 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 the son of this one, the son of that one, going back and back and back. He went, his aim was to show that Jesus wasn't a fairy tale. That he was a man who had a genealogy, a history. Yeah, in the Bible we can trace Jesus and his ancestors. We have a reliable collection of historical documents. And in that verse in Peter that we looked at, he's saying this isn't a fantasy. We didn't make this up. We were eyewitnesses. 1 John chapter 1 verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Sure. 
So he's saying that which was from the beginning we have experienced. We have experienced God. Okay, this wasn't a vision that they saw. This wasn't a dream that they had. This was something that they experienced. They knew Jesus the man. They had touched him. They had experienced him. And they were eyewitnesses of his life and his death and his resurrection. Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 to 7. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand. So just read verse 1 first. Okay. Ние коринта за песендиет варгуни. Таниа во лезер, пој декларуе унгијен чија кам шпалор де чија кени марде битацили нишен дроне. By which also you are saved. If you hold fast to the word which I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. So there he's saying that if you believe the gospel of our Jesus, the good news about Jesus, you're saved. Implying if you don't believe it, you're not saved. And then in verse 3, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. So he's saying that Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecies from Genesis to Malachi. And then he gives further evidence. Verse 5. And that he was seen by Cephas and then by the twelve. And after he was seen, after that he was seen by over 500 brothers at once. And then he goes on to list some more. But he, he was seen, the resurrected Christ was seen by Peter, by Cephas, by the apostles, and by 500 men at the same time. And, and and uh, 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 what's amazing by by um, them seeing Jesus risen from the dead, 500 people at the same time, is that it, it can't be an hallucination. Because if you if you're smoking something, or you're on drugs or whatever. You, you, your experience will be different from my experience. Five hundred people can't have the same thing at the same time. So if we do our math, our math, there were three hundred and one witnesses that were alive when First Corinthians was written. Which is amazing. 
So the evidence that proves the Bible then says we need, we need to pay attention to, to what the Bible says. If Jesus is risen from the dead, then, then I have to pay attention to what he says. You know, many people just read the Bible to look for faults, for problems. But you can give people, you know, for some people you can give them a truckload of evidence and they still won't believe they'll look for problems any claim that can't be tested or verified is not a strong claim but if you do your homework you can see that the Bible is verified Yeah, we have some truths about the Bible. And then we also have some lies about the Bible. And it's unfortunate that in history, God and the Bible have been misrepresented many times. Yeah, some people, some people would say that it's not reliable because of all the different translations that we have. But the original translations of Greek and Hebrew are still available. So it doesn't matter how many times it's still translated, you can still go back to the first translations. Yeah, we, we don't have the originals of the Bible. Because of the, the documents that they or the, the material that they were written on, over the years it's been destroyed. But we have copies of those documents dating back to AD 100 and 120. So we, and, and there's over 6,000 pieces of manuscript to back that up. So what I'm trying to show you is that faith isn't just a feeling. Faith can be based on historical fact. Okay, these eyewitnesses in the Bible said that they saw Jesus walk on water. Raise the devs, stop, uh, stop storms. Heal the sick, open blind eyes. All these supernatural events. But it's not just about supernatural events. What's even more supernatural is that Jesus fulfilled every prophecy of the Old Testament, including where he would be born. No one can choose to fulfill that, including the death that he would die. Now you can prophesy your death and arrange it. But you can't prophesy your resurrection and fulfill that. Unless you are God. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 to 8. It says, For unto us a child is born, 
And unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Sepse na kalinu një thëmi, një djarë në ashtë dhënë, bisupet të ti do të mbërsetit për ndërria dhe të të quat kushiltari admiroshëm, për ndi i fuqishëm, ap i përjeqëm, prince i pachës. This was prophesied 700 years before Jesus was born. Kjo është përpërshëm vitë më përpara dhe Jezus i klinte. One of the many prophecies about him. Dhe kjo është një nga shumë profetit për të. And what's amazing is that this is showing us that with Christianity, we don't, we don't go to God. God came to us. We, we didn't reach out to God and say, God, please help us. He reached out to us to rescue us and to save us. So when we consider the facts concerning our faith, it should only make us stronger in our faith. And it should help us to be able to give logical reasons for our faith. The, you know, the Bible being written in three, in three different continents, three different languages, more than 40 different authors, most of the authors never met, different people from different spheres of life all dealing with the same story redemption redemption rescuing salvation <laughs> one book that's fine that's fine It's all one story, one, one, the message of Christ. So this is what we're celebrating at Christmas. It's not just a fable, it's not just a story. It's something which is historically accurate, which forces us to be confronted with a truth that we have to make decisions about. Do we believe what Jesus said? That there's only eternal life in Him? And if we believe in Him, we have eternal life? Or don't we? It's up to us. Uh, 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 it's amazing Because religion has put a lot of things that are on our plates that we have to do. This is what you must do for God in order to be right with God. But Christianity just says to believe in His death, His burial and His resurrection. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10 Let me just change my version here. It says <clears throat> that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 9. For with the heart one believes to, unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So this is showing us that salvation comes 
by believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to make us right with Him. Our holy living doing the right thing it's a good thing but that's not what saves us. Okay, what saves us is believing in our hearts that, that Jesus did what he did for us and then confessing with our mouth that he is who he says he is. He is God in the flesh. The one who came to rescue and save us. Going to church is good. Praying is good. Reading our Bibles is good. Living a holy life is good. But we are saved by, by believing in the gospel. It's simple. It's easy. All you need to do is believe in your heart and then confess with your mouth and your soul. Before we go any further, I want to pray. Father, I thank you right now that for anybody in this room as a believer that they would take this message and allow it to just... Uh, 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 give more strength to their faith. That when they re realize or see the facts and even as they go and research it some more for themselves, I thank you that it will help them to believe the truth. It's still a choice to believe But I thank you, Father, that when we see the evidence, it makes it easier. And for anyone who hasn't made that decision, I thank you, Father, that the, the facts, the evidence, would, would stir their hearts and cause them to, 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 to want to look into it. To want to believe. The Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're ministering to our hearts. And that even during this uh, Christmas time, that we would uh, just open our hearts to receive from you. And experience your peace and your joy in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Duras area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca.